All right. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. All right. All right. We're all up, right? We're all awake. We're all awake. Hey, can we do a big favor? To, could you do me a big favor? And I want us to just give a big shout out to our online community. Can you do that? Come on. Let's welcome all of our online community. So glad you're with us. We love you. If you're able to be in the house, do it. You know, we just changed up actually the way we're doing some of our service. We actually don't live stream anymore. And um, one of the things that I, this is important for everybody to really catch, we, we started a series just a few weeks ago, and we're in the middle of it right now, and it's called Our Church. You saw it on the screen there. And what we're really doing is we're establishing the culture of Revitalize. You know, we're, we're brand new church. We're, we may have been a community as a part of another church for some time, but when God says do something new, that means that he wants to do something new. So it's really important, I think, for us to catch that there's a new wind, there's a fresh spirit that God is wanting to pour out on this house in this body of Christ, and really for us to play our part in this community and helping to bring revival, I believe helping to bring in a harvest of people that need to know God. And so we started this series, but one of the things that we did, one of the first things that, that we actually um, that we actually talked about in this series, Our Church, is we're talking about culture and really the values of Revitalize, uh, is we said we, we want to be a church that loves God passionately. And so one of the things that we decided to do was we changed up actually some of our service and our flow and how we're going after it. And here's why. It's because we want to start creating more room in our services for the house, like for us when we gather in person. There's something about when we gather in person. Now listen, if you're at home and you can't gather here, that's all right. We love you, and there's no condemnation. There's no, like, no one's judging or anything, but if you're able to make it, make it, because we're, we're shifting some things. That's why you see me up here even in worship a little bit more. I don't know about if you know this or not, but my wife and I really led worship before we became senior pastors for a number of years. I've been in a part of worship ministry since I was about 18 years old. I'm 39 now, okay, so now you know how old I am. <laughs> And, uh, and so I've been, I've, been, I've been a part of worship and creative arts to some degree, uh, really for about 20, 21 years. And so when we, when we came out to Kalamazoo and we took on the lead pastor role and then launched Revitalize, man, I kept feeling this stirring like the Lord was saying, that that's a part of your ministry. You need to I put something in you. And so uh, we've been working through some stuff and working on how do we do this. And so... It's a little funny to me that, uh, and I mean funny, like awkward, like weird, that I'm up here the whole time. Uh, and one of the reasons I didn't really, let me just say this, one of the reasons I haven't is because I don't want it to become like a Jordan show kind of thing, because it's it really, the body is made up of different parts, and we all have different giftings and gracings. But when the Lord speaks and he's saying some things, you need to honor what he's saying to do. And I really believe that this is supposed to be a house of worship a house that honors the presence and hosts the presence of God. And I'll just tell you, the, the Lord is doing some things in my heart. Um, I told Rach this morning, I was like, I hope, I hope my weeping doesn't come out. <laughs> but let me just tell you, God wants to rest and abide somewhere so that he can bring refreshment to people. We're living in a broken, hurting, dark world. I don't know about you, but man, every day I have to push against depression discouragement that tries to come. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can't watch the news at all because there's just nothing but division. There's just nothing but nastiness out there. And God needs, he, I believe he wants places, houses. In fact, the Bible says that he searches the whole earth looking to see who's, who will be faithful, who will be loyal, who, who will believe in him. 
And my goal, my desire for our house, for this church, is that we would be a place, if we never grow, like if no new person ever comes to this church, I, I, I don't care. I want it, and here's why I want it, because that means new people are getting saved. Jesus said, go out and fill my house because it's empty. It needs to get filled up. So we need to be doing everything we can to reach the lost. Time is running short. But we need a place that God can rest, that God can abide. And so we're doing everything that we can to make a, make a space to create atmospheres for us to encounter the living God and have our lives changed. I want to talk to you about that a little bit today. But before I do that, let me just talk about something real quick as, as, as we're talked about in the announcements about these small groups. Let me just say this. Small groups are really important. And I'm going to just say this phrase, and you're going to hear this a lot. We're establishing some things. But we're a church of small groups, not a church that has them. When you look in the early church in the book of Acts chapter 2, uh, really, you see the church made up of small groups. They went from house to house, and they also met in big places. And let, me, let me just say, in a time that we're living in, like the Bible says, we need to meet and gather more frequently. And so we opened up registration. We said that we were going to start doing small groups. We're doing these in semesters so that we have some kind of on-ramps and off-ramps so that we're, we don't feel like there's a never-ending story. I love that movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We're going to get together. Me and Noah are going to hang out. We're going to watch it, babe. I found somebody that likes everything. All right. Get on that big old dog and ride it. Come on, man. Okay. Come on. Anyway, sorry, everybody at home. We're a little loose today. But let me just tell you, if you haven't ever been a part of a small group, they're going to be great. We're going to be leading a small group, my wife and I as well. It's a marriage small group. I've never actually even been in a marriage small group. And so I'm not going to be teaching it. I'm, we got a curriculum that we found that I think is going to be really great. And um, our small group, I think, is pretty much filled up already. Some people got a hold of the link and, and already jumped into it. We're excited about that. But I think we'll just pack the house out and kind of listen from around the corner or something if, if that's the case. And so it's going to be a good time. But get into a small group. We showed you how to do it. And also, if you want to lead one, it's really easy. We got some curriculum. We have some things. But it's really based around your interests, your hobbies, the things that are, like, like I heard we have one small group that's launching, and it's, it's Bibles and board games. Like, I was like, that is so cool. You can be playing some games and talking about Jesus. Like, at the same time, come on, somebody. Like, that's my kind of life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, I was like, you know what, what I'm going to do in our summer small group next year? I'm going to do ribs and Bible. Okay? And we're just going like... <laughs> Or, or, or meats and Bibles, right? Like one week we'll do ribs, another week we'll do brisket, another week we'll do chicken wings. Like we'll just do it, me and Chris, right? I'm just going to, Chris, Noah, me, and anybody else who likes to cook and eat. Like you just hang out, okay? We're going we're gonna to have, our group is going to be like 40 strong. <laughs> like we're, we're just going to have a good old time. And so that's, that's, anybody know what I'm talking? Can I get a big amen? So, look, everybody excited about that. I hope you're excited about the word too. Okay, so that's. That's all I have to say about small groups, but let me just say what, what groups we have. We have a women's group. We have a marriage group. We have a kid's Bible. Look, check this out. Our kid's team is so awesome. They're putting on, a, a, I think it's our kids. Is it our kids? Yeah, it's our kid's team, right? They're putting on a small group for, for our kids in the middle of the week, and they're going to be going through First and Second Corinthians. I mean, the, we're discipling kids. Isn't this awesome? And, uh, and then we have Bibles and board games. We have health and wellness. That's going to be cool. Dory, she's going to be helping some people get in shape. I might jump up in there. And then uh, we have a men's group, which I'm really excited about. We got Phil that's going to be leading the charge on that one, I think. And then uh, we have a women's prayer group that Rachel is leading. 
And uh, that's going to be on Zoom, and I'm really excited. Just come on, like, let's just be a house of worship, a house of prayer, a house of community. Can we do that? Come on, let's ask the Lord to help us be what he wants us to be. Can we do that? And then we're going to get in the word. Father, help us to be all that you want us to be, to reach as many people, and to be really not just about just other people, but also help us to be a strong, solid community that has loving relationships, that knows one another, Lord, as Lord, you bless this house, and you cause us to reach more people, and Lord, as you save more people and help us to disciple more people, help us to not lose our community and our tightness, and stir us up, God, to do all that you want us to do. Be with us today. We open up our hearts to hear your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Could I hand this to you, Annette? Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Daniel chapter 6? And uh, we, like I said, we've been on this series, going through these seven values. And let me just list off these values that, that, uh, that we have. We've already done three of them. We love God. We love people. Listen, we have fun. Last, was last week fun or what? Man, played some games, baptized some people. First baptisms of Revitalized Church happened last week. Man, it was awesome. Had some good food. Come on, anytime you put a good do- hot dog in front of me. Man, somebody brought some salsa. I just, just layered that thing with that salsa and mustard. I know that might sound gross to somebody, but for me, that was a happy heart that day. Like, I was just, come on, somebody. Like, right? Like, eat, drink, and be merry, right? I mean, I, I ate, and I drank some Coke, and I was Coca-Cola classic, and I was, you, hey, you got to be careful sometimes. People start thinking some things. But we have fun. Listen, we pursue excellence. We're going to talk about that today. And I just want to, this, this really, well, I'll get into that in a minute. We have, listen, we have faith, we empower others, and we keep unity. Those are the seven core values that we're really establishing and asking the Lord to help us walk in. And I want to invite you and encourage you not to just look at these values as Sunday morning values. Like when, when we're at Revitalize, like when we're at church together, that these are when those values are in play. Let, let me just tell you. You are the church. We are the church. Can you just say that? Say, we are the church. Say, say this, I am, a, I am the church. And there's a certain way I believe that God has really showing us, but I think when you look in the word, there are some values, there are some attributes of God that he wants us to reflect, that he wants us to walk in. And I wholeheartedly believe that if we will take these, I don't care what situation you're in, what part of life you're in, what, what area of life, if, if we will adopt these values and do our best to walk in these values, to establish these in our lives, you're going to see some things happen in your life that maybe you've been longing for for a long time. I think you'll see promotion. In fact, I know people that walk in these values, and I just see them getting promoted, having favor all over themselves constantly. And as a church, here's my heart, that the world will look at us and see these values within us. Man, they would say, we want that. We want that. Anybody else want that kind of testimony in their life? And so we're talking about pursuing excellence. And there's one person in the Bible, his name's Daniel. And there's actually a whole book. If you didn't know, there's a whole book that's written right after him, or the name is really his namesake, Daniel. And it's kind of broken up in a couple sections. There's one where you kind of get a little bit of a history and you see what's going on in the life of Daniel. But then there's some prophetic end times revelation that Daniel brings up. And you actually see some of those things that he talks about in Daniel. You see it in Revelation. Let me just say this. I'm excited about next year. I just, yeah, I got so much to share with you. Um, I, I'm planning on, I'm starting to study and I'm looking at some things. But I really want to um, 
I really want to study the book of Daniel, but actually look really and see biblically where are we at in some things, but get it from a kingdom perspective, not from a political, not from a, a fear perspective. And here's why. I, I really sense, and, and I'm going to share this maybe in about a month or two next year, but I really feel like the Lord is saying it's, it's time to stop doing church as usual, business as usual. Those times are done. And I believe that God is wanting to get his church, his bride ready for his return. The king is coming back. And he's coming back to receive everybody that has received him. But there's a way to get ready. And so I want to, I believe that next year and really in these coming months, and I think even with this series talking about culture, that this is a part of the Lord shaping us and preparing us and saying, there's a way to walk in this world. You know, we're living in an upside down world right now. What was true is now false. What was light is now dark. I mean, language is changing. All kinds of stuff has changed. Symbols are shifting all over the place. And if we're not careful, here's what would happen. We'll fall into the trap and go right along with culture. And just because culture shifts doesn't mean that we're supposed to shift with it. But aren't you glad? Let me just tell you, if you didn't know, God knew that that would happen. And he gave us his word that stands forever. The Bible says that heaven and earth may pass away, but his word, it will last forever. It will never fade. And so what the world may change in definition and all kinds of stuff, morality, it still stands. It still stands. But it's hard to do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's pressures that are constantly coming at us. And I don't know about you, there are emotions. I have flesh. Did you know that? And I hear things. I see things. I've experienced things. And my flesh wants to kind of like yell out and say some things. But we're not supposed to walk by flesh. We're supposed to walk by the Spirit of God, right? And so Daniel actually shows us, and I want to read this verse real quick, kind of what this looks like, this excellent spirit. And it says this in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was upon him or was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Okay, so we're going to look at actually that in a little bit, give you some context here. But I just want you to see this, that, that this guy Daniel was known as a person that had an excellent spirit in him. So my question, and here's what I was doing as I was studying and praying, was, so how do you get an excellent spirit? Is that just like, like you either have it or you don't? You know, like, man, I, I wanted to play professional sports. Like, I, tr- I tried it all. And guess what? My genetics said, no, sir. <laughs> like, like, no, like, that ain't for you. <laughs> you can try all you want, but you just don't have it. You might have all the heart in the world, but you don't have it. Like, you will get killed. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Like, I mean, I played with some dudes, and they didn't, they didn't go very far. And I'm like, man, if I can't handle you, I can't handle the mother big dude. Like, that, that's, not, that's not me. Let me. How about I just cheer you on? <laughs> like, I'll, just, I'll just cheer you on and talk like I know everything, but I don't, okay? And so you know what I'm talking about, right? You, we laugh because it's like, yeah, that's right. I mean, those are the one percenters, <laughs> okay? But we act like that, I think, with, when it comes to, to the things of the spirit, like either you have it or you don't. And, and I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to push back that argument. If you've thought that, 
well, that's just not me. I'm just not an excellent person. You don't know my background, all this stuff. Let me just tell you, Daniel was a, was a guy who was a slave. Listen, exiled, slave, brought out of his country to a foreign land that was wicked and perverse, that was trying to corrupt him constantly. And we see this verse that this king in this foreign land actually wanted to exalt him above the whole realm because there was an excellent spirit and there was something about him that just kind of caused him to rise above the rest, to defy culture, to defy the odds. But what was it? And I, I think Paul actually shows us how we can develop and how we can that's why we're saying pursue excellence. Everybody say that. Pursue excellence. Here's what that means. You don't just automatically have it. It's a process. We're in process. But listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. He says, for the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Okay, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. That's, that's why worship is such a big deal. That's why we got to get here early. That's why we got to get here with our hearts ready to worship because when we encounter the living God, there are, there are things in our life that's going on, and he wants to set you free from some stuff. He wants to heal you from yesterday's pain so you can walk into tomorrow's blessing. I'm just letting you know he wants to strengthen you so that you can walk in a hard world and still come out unscathed. I don't know about you, but just walking in this world, going to the store, I can get jacked. You know what I'm talking about? Like my soul can just kind of get messed up. Driving down the street, and my, this is why it's so important to be in the presence of God, because where his spirit is, there's freedom. Actually, that's one of the things that we feel like the Lord has called us to with really fulfilling the Great Commission, is to come and know Jesus. That's what we say, right? We come help people know Jesus get saved. That's a free gift. But then there's some deliverance. There's some freedom. There's some healing. There's small. That's what small groups is. Discipleship. When we get together and we have community and we're growing and we're learning together, we're actually getting freed and healed together. That's actually how God set this thing up and designed it for us to be ministers to one another, not just to God. But yes, he heals us. But man, we're supposed to do this thing together. All right. You, you with me? Okay, so he says, for the Lord's the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us, everybody say all of us. All of us. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Okay, so what is he saying here? He's saying this, there's, there's a separation that we've had with God. And when we turn to God and we give our lives to God, there's actually a separation gets, gets removed. And now we can see God for who he really is. See, the world is constantly asking, and my kids, man, I'm telling you, kids ask the hardest theological, <laughs> doctrinal questions. I mean, like, I thought y'all were hard sometimes, and then my kids would just come, hey, Dad, and they'll just bl blurt out a question, and I just sit there, and I'm like, uh, uh okay, what, do, what don't I say <laughs> in, in this moment, right? Like, how do I explain that? But here's what happens. One of the questions they, that they've asked me is, Dad? And you hear this from the world all the time. If God's so loving, why would this bad thing happen? Man, and I want to give the easy Sunday school answer so much of the time, but they're asking a real question. we got to give some real answers. But sometimes I think we ask some of those questions, part of it's because we haven't actually gotten to know God and understood how he operates. So... The more we see him, when the, when the blinders are removed, we actually start to see how he operates and how he thinks, his attributes and his qualities. We actually get to see him for who he is, and we begin to understand some things. That's why the Bible says that Moses knew God's ways, and the children of Israel only knew his acts. 
Moses understood how God thought, how God processed the children of Israel. They wouldn't get close enough to actually get to know him. And so Paul's saying we have an opportunity to get close with, with no separation. The veil is removed, and we can see him, listen, and then we can reflect his glory. It's like the, how the moon reflects the light of the sun. We're able to reflect the glory of God in this world. But it only, it only comes by actually beholding. It only comes by looking at him, by getting to see him and connecting with him and spending time with him. So he says that we're able to do that. And listen to this. He says, and the Lord who is the spirit, check this out, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Can you just say this? Say, it's a process. It's a process. God is not expecting you to be like him right now. But day by day, you can become more and more like him. So Daniel was a man with an excellent spirit in him. How did he get that excellent spirit? I think he saw something. I think he started reflecting something. What's he reflecting? Here, here's what I want to show you something in Revelation that, man, I, this, this last week, just I'm telling you, studying, look out, my mind was blown on some stuff. You see the Apostle John in the, in the New Testament, after Jesus is resurrected, goes to heaven, and you know, there's a lot of persecution going on in the church, and the Apostle John is actually put on this island called Patmos, and it says that on the, on the Lord's Day, like he's having church all by himself. Okay, this is, a, this is someone who has relationship with God. He doesn't need a whole congregation. He, he's spending time with God. On the Lord's Day, he, starts, he gets this vision, and he actually gets this glimpse, and he gets to see how Jesus is now, and he kind of gets to see the throne room of God. He gets to see the throne room of heaven. He gets to see things that are going on in the end. And he sees something that actually even the prophet Ezekiel saw. And he's, he's looking in the throne room of heaven, being shown this, this vision by the Lord. And, and we actually see what's around the throne of God. Anybody want to see what's around the throne of God right now? Okay. So in Revelation chapter 4, uh, John reveals this, this, this image and it's kind of breathtaking, actually. It's kind of, it's, it's amazing. And it, it's verse 6, and it says this, In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne, listen to this, were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. And the first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Okay, so what's going on here? I mean, and they have, had eyes all around them, and this is crazy crazy images, and a lot of scholars believe this, and I, I, I agree with them, that these, these four creatures that are around the throne of God actually symbolize uh, some of the highest attributes or qualities of God. So each face actually represents a part of God. Some scholars would even say that, that the four gospels correlate and show these four faces of God as Jesus, how he operated on this earth. Uh, I don't know if that's, if that's for sure or not, but some scholars would say that. But I think when we look at the life of Jesus, you can for sure see these attributes and these qualities. And here's what I think. I think that these qualities or attributes are actually that excellent spirit. And I'm going to show you here in just a moment. And so let, let me just walk through these exceptional qualities um, that, that we see or these attributes. I call them exceptional qualities, and it's because... I like how Daniel chapter 6, that first verse that we read, I like how it reads in the NIV. And so I want to read actually a lot of verse. We're in, we're in church, so we can read like, we can read the Bible, right? 
You guys getting anything out of this so far? Okay, okay, okay. So, so listen, listen to this. The first quality that I want to talk about, we're going to look at Revelation, and we're going to look at some stuff in Daniel, we're going to look at some other things in the Word. This first quality or attribute of God that I think Daniel was reflecting as a part of this kind of this, this excellent spirit is, is the, the face of a lion. Now, here's what that lion represents. It represents boldness, like the strength. You know, one of the names of Jesus is the lion of what? Of Judah. Like, that's one of the, that's one of the names that he's known by. And, and here's what Proverbs 28 says, and this is actually one of the reasons we named our son Lion. Actually, this was the reason Rachel wanted his name to be Lion. She's more spiritual than me. I just like the word, I, I, lions. I don't like cats, but I like, I like lions, okay? Like that, if there's a cat that I like, I like the big ones. I can't wait to heaven. Like everything's restored and we're hanging out. Like I just want to hang out with them, just kind of lay around and wrestle with some lions. But Proverbs 28, chapter 1 says this, the godly are as bold as lions. The godly are as bold as lions. Now, here's what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that we're rude. That doesn't mean that we're nasty. That doesn't mean that we get all up in the flesh and speak and act and talk the way that the rest of the world does, y'all. The godly. That's, the key, that's one of the key words right there, okay? Everybody say it with me. Godly. In other words, we're reflecting God. We're acting like him. The godly are as bold as lions. And I want, I want you to see Daniel operating in this boldness here. Come back with me to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to look at the first verse. We're going to read 11 verses here. Uh-oh. Okay, it says this. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. And the satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities, that excellent spirit, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Okay, so Daniel was working, distinguished himself. Let me, let me say it like this. He didn't just have it. He distinguished himself. He worked some things out in his life. He pursued some stuff. He had some values in his life, ways that he conducted himself that so much it distinguished himself that the king, listen, the king decided to take a slave and wanted to appoint him over the whole realm because if it's Daniel, he won't suffer any loss. Living in a messed up culture that wants to take everything, listen, your godliness wants to mess your name. I mean, they changed Daniel's name and proper version on it. I mean, doing all kinds of stuff to try to tear him down. Yet Daniel was able to stand strong and had these exceptional qualities that this pagan king actually wanted to promote him. Isn't that something? Listen to this, verse 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. So they looked to how he, how he acted. They tried to find if there's anything that they could do to disqualify Daniel by his conduct, Okay by his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy. Listen, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. He's working and operating differently. You know, this, this thing I've heard recently is, I've heard, uh, I've heard of this term, quiet quitting. Anybody heard of quiet quitting? Yeah. Let me just tell you, if you're a believer, you better not be quiet quitting. 
When you look at the world, I'm just, can we just be real right now? The world is trying to disqualify the church. The world is trying. Don't think that, don't mistake what's happening. The enemy is at work. The Bible says that he's the God of this age. People have given authority up to the devil. And he, he is swaying and influencing. And the church is supposed to be that essential thing for the community. We're the light of the world. We're going to look at that in a little bit. But the world is trying to discredit leaders in the church, trying to discredit the church. And you know what they're doing? They're looking at the conduct. They're looking to see where we're negligent. They're looking to see where we're abusive. That ought not be us. Let me just tell you, as we're establishing things at our church, we're putting up systems and putting up different things and policies in our church to make sure that we have great accountability. As the senior pastor here, listen, I, I have a council that I'm accountable to with how we handle the finances, the tithes and offerings that you all give, and thank you so much for continuing to give to the Lord, but it blesses the church as well so that we can expand and continue to do things in the ministry, and I'm so excited to share with you some things because of your generosity that we're going to be doing for our kids over in the next couple of months. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. But we're just waiting to get a few details before we share that with you. But we got some accountability that's going on. People can just kind of look at everything that we got going on at any time. And it's not me and it's not my wife. And they can ask all kinds of questions. And I'm sitting in council meetings. And I'm asking questions, getting asked questions I've never been asked before. And I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I. And they're counseling. They're holding accountable. And let me just tell you, there's things that in men, let me just say, these things right here can kill you. Because there's stuff that you can access let me just tell you, if you're, if you're in a person, place of influence, if you're a leader, if you're a head of a home, hey, get this stuff locked up. It'll mess your conduct up. It'll disqualify you. I got, I got Noah over here who gets to check everything on my computer. Everywhere, every website I go, guess what? He can track it and see everything that I'm doing. I got my wife locked up my phone. I'm like, listen, I don't even want to be a place of temptation. The world's constantly trying to take our, mess with our, or checking our conduct to see how we're operating. Are we living the life that we're called to live? Are we living with integrity? It's not just for pastors, it's for all of us. You know, I, got, I got three little kids, three little girls and a, and a boy. As they get older, you know what I want? When they're checking my conduct, I want them to see, no, dad, dad does what he says. Not living a double life. I'm not hidden. I'm in the light. We all need to be acting like that, right? And let me just tell you, there's one that's always watching you can't get away from. So you might as well just get it right, okay? But let, I just want you to see they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, finally these men said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. They, they couldn't find him messing up in this other stuff, and then they went after his religion. They went after his relationship with the Lord. So these administrators and satraps went as, as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. 
Now your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it can't be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree. Look, this guy is a narcissist. He's like, nobody can worship anything except for me. Like, are you kidding me right now, man? Like, you, are you, you know you, <laughs> and you think that you're worshipful. Okay. Anyway, he, so King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel, listen, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Listen to this. Just as he had done before. This was not a new thing for Daniel. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Now, let me just stop right there. Let me just say this. Talking about being as bold as a lion. You cannot get that boldness if you're trying to start it when times are hard. If, If you're not praying now, if you haven't put some values and some qualities in your life right now, when, when things get real tight and they come after you, you're going you're gonna to falter very easily. Notice that Daniel was already doing something. See, Daniel had already set the culture of his life up. Besides, or separate or apart from the culture that he was living in. And that's what God is telling us to do. Get, get the culture of your home. Get the culture of your personal life. Get the culture of your marriage. Get the culture of your church. Get the culture of your business set now before the pressure comes. So that when it comes, listen, they'll try to check your conduct, they'll try to check all this stuff, and they can't get you there, and then they're going to go after your religion. They're going to go after your relationship with God, what you, what you listen to, what you believe, the truth of God's word. If we're convicted of it now, if we have conviction of it now, then when the storms of life, when the pressure to sway and to change comes, we'll be able to stand with some boldness there. Amen? Amen. Y'all a little quiet. I got a few amens on that one. It's hard, but this is why the godly are as bold as lions, those that know their God, right? So this is where we've got to be. He's, he's, think about this. Three times a day was a part of his lifestyle of connecting and praying with God. Why do you think that he had exceptional qualities? Because every day he was connecting with the Lord, hearing from him, seeing how he operates, reflecting and imitating the one that he's connecting with. Who are you imitating? Who's your influencer? Are they on, um, you know, I'm not going to say the names, but are they, do you do this? And you start taking on some of those attributes? Start thinking the way that they're thinking? Listen, or are you in the, the living word? that divides, the Bible says, even the heart and the soul so that we can see the difference, or spirit and soul, so we can see the difference between us and God and recognize God's ways versus our own ways. There's some shifts that maybe some of us need to, need to change. I, I, I don't like to get too heavy, but this, this is going to be a little heavy one, okay, as, as, as I go. And I only got a few more minutes left, so I'm about to, like, I'm about to dump into it. So listen, here's what happens. So these guys find... Daniel, and then they go to the king, and they say, hey, we found this dude breaking the law. Now, King Darius loves this guy. And so they say, they found Daniel breaking the law. He's worshiping someone other than you. He's praying to his God. 
And so King Darius, Bible says, he was searching all kinds, like all night, trying to figure out a way to get Daniel out of it. And he couldn't because he can't revoke his law. And so they came back to him and they said, what are you going to do? Like they're challenging him. Are you going to change your laws? And he's like, I can't change my laws because, I, man, my credibility with the world will be gone, with the empire will be gone. So here's what happens. So they throw him in the lion's den. And so the Bible even says, I was going to, I don't have time to, to say all the verses. I, I took them out, actually. But, but, but the king actually just says this thing. Like, as he throws in the lions, he goes, may the God, may your God protect you. Like, that's how much he loves him. He's like, may your God protect you. I hope it happens. Good night, right? And they, roll, they put the stone away. And early the next morning, he comes back to check on him. And he's like, Daniel, you good? And then, and then here, here, here's what happens. And then Daniel goes, Daniel just makes this remark. He goes, I'm good. The, the Lord sent an angel to shut up the lions' mouths, and they didn't even touch me. And he doesn't start yelling at Darius. He says, because I was innocent before God and I would never do anything to dishonor you. Notice he didn't come back at him like the world would and say, how dare you? Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm talking about? Which we do. Am I right? That's my right away. <laughs> this is, we're driving. Okay? That's my right away. No, no. That's a solid lane. You don't come over, right? Like, I've never done that before. I'm just saying, I just imagine... <laughs> That's what some people would say when they're driving on the road. Because I, <laughs> I have exceptional qualities in me <laughs> that I'm pursuing. <laughs> like I'm going after them. But I want you to check this thing out. So, so Daniel is safe. The king knows it. And I just want to read these couple of verses because this is what happens as a result of Daniel operating this boldness. And he, this, this is what the king does. Then the king Darius... In verse 25, chapter 6, Daniel 6, 25, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he's the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Amen. The man that threw him in the lion's den turned around and said, your God's the real God. Amen. What would happen if we would just stand up? If we would just stand on the word of God, know our God, if we would just be bold Haters are going to hate. People are going to try and get you. We, listen, y'all, we just need to get over the fact that we're different from the world. But that doesn't mean that we get nasty. We, we, we still walk in some dignity. We still honor people. We still walk in love. We still speak the truth in love. Okay? It's not our job to convict. Let me just say this. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. My job is to preach the good news. Your job is to preach the good news. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. We're trying to get in the way and get in the Holy Spirit's lane, and we got to stop that. We need to bring the love of God. Be bold and stand on the promises. Stand on the truth of the word, right? Not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for this is the power of the kingdom, Paul said. Not ashamed of the good news. I know it's foolishness to the world, but I'm just letting you know. If you would receive the Lord Jesus into your life, like really receive him, things will shift for you. doesn't mean that everything's easy, but you'll be able to get through it. You'll stand strong in the day of adversity. Okay? All right. Let me move on to this next thing. Number two, here's the second quality that we see around the throne that's represented on these creatures, and it's this, this flying eagle. 
this flying eagle. And I, I want to I I bring it off of this, this boldness because, because I, I think we see something with Daniel still operating in kind of the spirit of the eagle. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird, the spirit of the eagle. Oh, oh. <laughs> Not operating the spirit of the eagle, but that quality. And here's what that eagle represents. It represents the, the majestic, the majesty of God, his sovereignty, his, the respect, dignity of the Lord. And, and I just look, look at what people said about Jesus in, in Mark chapter 7. said this, people were overwhelmed with amazement. And listen to this. He has done everything well. In other words, everything that, he's, that he does is good. Like the way he does it is good. It's not just that what he does is good. Everything that he's done is well. Like it's well. It's done well. And they said he even makes the deaf, and the, mute, or the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. See, it's not just about what you do. Like I'm doing the right thing. It's about how you do it. Are you, are you respecting? Are you honoring? And are you carrying yourself with dignity? Are you carrying yourself with honor? Or really, are you swayed by the culture? And you, and you operate as the culture does that's constantly shifting and changing and it's not stable. Or are you operating in the dignity of the kingdom of God? So Jesus showed us, but listen to what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He says, you're the salt of the earth. Well, what good is salt? If it's lost its flavor, can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Then he says this, and you need to hear this. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Check this out. Let your good deeds, how you operate, how you live your life, how you help people, how you serve people, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will do what? Praise your heavenly Father. See, when we operate in the dignity of God and we dignify other people, we honor and respect other people with our speech, with our conduct, with how we do this, how we treat our stuff, how we speak to our kids, how we speak to our spouse, especially in front of other people. You better speak to them real good in private too. Listen, you're reflecting God. People are watching you whether you realize it or not. And who are we reflecting? Who are we reflecting? Are we showing the goodness of God? You're a light. Don't be hidden. But no, 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 no. Operate in the respect and the dignity of our God. People said of Jesus, everything he does is, is done well. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Do what I do. Let your good deeds shine out. So we got to operate in a respect and dignity, carry ourselves, treat each other. I love, I, I love this phrase, right? Like we served kings and priests because we all are kings and priests. You know, the Bible says that you're a royal generation. You're a priesthood and a king... So listen, every person that you come in contact with is either op- should be operating as a king or a queen or they have the potential. And that's who you are too. How, how do you carry yourself? Do you carry yourself like you're low? Man, check this out. So the other day we were driving and for whatever reason in our neighborhood and I took a road that I don't normally take. Like it took us out of the way and there were these birds that were on the ground. They're big old birds. I was like, oh, look at these turkeys. They weren't turkeys. They were turkey vultures. 
I didn't know those things were around here. I never seen one in my life. I've just heard of them. And so we looked at those things, and I looked, and we, we drove fast. It just kind of like moved to the side and was picking at something, looked up at us, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I started speaking in tongues, passed out. Like, I was doing all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I was like, uh-uh, not today. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> like, we're alive, right? Like, like, we're not. But you know what these vultures do? These, these vultures, they just kind of hover around. They're looking for dead stuff, right? Like, they just signify death. And actually, the next day, like, we were, it was gross, right? Like, we were grossed out. I was like, man, that's nasty. And the next, like, a couple days later, actually yesterday, I was filling up our, a gas tank for our, for our mower. And I was looking up, and I see these things soaring. I was like, that's what those things are. And immediately I thought, man, there's a major difference between an eagle and a vulture. These eagles, I mean, with one swoop, and they just get on up. And they just soar, and they're high, and they know, they know you can't mess with me. In fact, the Bible says that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they will mount up on eagles' wings, and they'll just soar. But some of us act like the turkey vulture. Just looking for the scraps, eating off dead stuff, instead of being high in the sky. And God's calling us to soar like eagles. To see ourselves like that, but to treat everybody else like that too. What would happen if what would happen? What would happen in our community if we treated everybody like royalty? How would they conduct themselves? Even in the listen, even in the wintertime, when the when the harsh wind is blowing and you're trying to make it through, you know what I'm talking about? You don't have to frown the whole time. Did you know that? Like, even when you get indoors, it's not cold anymore. So you can, like, okay, I made it through. All right, I made it through, right? Like, like we, hey, it's warm again, right? Like, we can, come on now. Let, let the light shine. Okay, I got I to gotta move fast. All right, number three, the ox, the face of the ox. Here's what that, what that shows. It's, it's really the servant. That's what an ox is. It shows the attribute of a servant. You know, Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served, when he was watching, washing the disciples' feet. That's what he said. Listen to what Paul says, though, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. He says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. In other translations, that, you know, when, when you read the Bible, you get confronted with some words that you just don't like. Like, one of, one of the words that I hate the most is the word slave. Let me just tell you, like, like, that's part of my background. Like, like I hear the word slave, it, like that's in my, that's in my lineage. Like, I, I've, I've seen the stuff. So when I see slave, I kind of go like, Ugh. See, some of y'all are like, I don't, I don't know what that, I'll, let me just tell you, for some of us, for some people, you hear some of those words and it just kind of digs and you don't, you don't quite get it. Just like there's things in your life that I won't quite get. So when I'm reading this, I, I'm seeing this word being translated even as slave. And slave is, you don't got any control. You're owned. You, are, are you hearing me? And Paul says, I'm free, but I choose to be a servant, a slave to everybody so I can win even more people. I just thought, man, how did Jesus come? And this is what Paul says in Philippians 
chapter 2. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form, there's that word again, of a bondservant, of a slave, the lowest, and coming in the likeness of men. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. You know, we sang that song earlier, I'm royalty, I'm free. Yeah, you are. You also have a choice to lay your life down and become the ultimate servant to everybody around you. What would happen if we were a church that served one another? Listen, I know, I know some of us, we just need to come and sit, and you sit, sit, receive refreshment, receive renewal. But if all you do is consume, you're missing out on a huge part of life. Yeah. Our church is a church that serves one another gladly. We lay our own preferences down. There's, there's, things, I, I, there's things about our church I wish we didn't do. There are things that people in this church have asked for us to do. And I'm like, I don't like that. And I don't, I don't listen to everything. Like, we don't just do everything everybody says. But I consider it all. You know why? Because I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to get my own stuff met. I'm here to serve you in our home. Guess what? I, I got to bow to the queen of the home. I'm supposed to be the king, but the queen, she's in control. I don't, want, I don't want the house flowing like this. I want the house to flow like this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, uh, listen, you just gotta, it's got to be set up for you and the kids. It's, it's not about me. But let me just say this. If everybody serves, everybody gets served. What would happen in your home? What would happen at your job? If you came not to just get it done, but you came to serve, wonder what would happen with your boss, what would happen with your coworkers, what would happen with the customers that might come through. Yeah, I love going to a coffee shop. I, I like coffee, as you all know, but I love it when, I, I hate it, I should say, when the baristas are just kind of like, I'm a nuisance to them. I'm like, you're getting paid to be here. Okay, let me... Let me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a process. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh. Ooh, no. <laughs> you can't pray in the spirit when you go to Starbucks sometimes. I'm just, just saying. All right, all right. <laughs> but I love it. It's a blessing when even going through the drive-thru at, listen, McDonald's start, and, and you hear a different tone. Hey, how are you? How can I serve you today? And they give you your coffee with a smile on your face. You just go, man, you just blessed me. You just, ble you just made my day. I know you think it's just coffee, but this is life to me. Like, you like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is not just a ritual to hold something warm. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. I, I need, like I told the worship team, I said, I'm coming in on Sunday with, filled with the Holy Spirit and caffeine, okay? Like, like and I'm going to have a smile on my face. You, you, know what I'm, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? 
Listen, what would happen if we would really, if we would serve with a smile on our face, not trying to get anything? And you know what? The people that serve me like that, they get the biggest tips. I'm just telling you, I'm like, because of the quality of service, I'm going to give you even more of a tip. I'm going to bless you even more. So we got to be servants. Listen, yes, you could just sit back and say, no, 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 that's, that's you guys. But Paul says, have the mind of Christ. Do the extra. Do the extra. And here's the fourth quality, and I'm going to let you out of here in just a moment. It's love, that, that human faith. It's relationship. Jesus came as, as a man. And this is really love. And, and here's, here's what I, I, I would call it. This is, I think, the most excellent way. I'm going to show you in just a moment. I, this I love this, but listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 13. He says, this is going to blow your mind. Okay, are you ready? I don't know if you've ever heard him say this before. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. Like, Jesus had to come to people and say, hey, in case you didn't know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love each other, okay? Like, this is a new command. He said it already, but he's like, he got to bring it up. Like, you ain't never heard it. Yeah, come on, people with kids, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, you got to tell it to them like it's the first time that they ever heard it, even though you said it about 50 times already, right? Like, okay, listen, hear me, listen to me. This is something I want you to do. This is what Jesus, there's a new command I give you to love one another. Listen to this, as I, the way that I loved you. So this is the way I want you to do it. I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, listen, by the way you love each other, by this all will know that you're mine. If you have love for one another, we should have great, deep love for one another. Not just this affectionate, like, I love you, but like a love, like, I lay my life down for you. Like, I'm here to serve you. I want, I want to see you blessed. Like, my heart is that every time that, that you all come to church, and this is my prayer, that you leave more blessed than you came trying to be a blessing to anybody else. Like, I'm praying to God that when we come and that his anointing would be here and that yokes would fall off of you and you would walk away going, man, I can't wait to come back. Why? Because God is there. That's how it should be when people come into our homes at the cash registration register, when people have been rude to that cash register person. How do we come up to them? My mom, man, she cracks me up. She's like the nicest person in the world, man. But she, I mean, she, she, she just knows how to treat people. I always, I watch her. I'm just like, man, how are you like that? Like, you're amazing. But she, we sit at the dining table or, you know, at a restaurant or be at a store. And she's like, hi, how are your, how's your day? Well, and she just talks. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, how do you do that all the time? Even when somebody's rude and like, they're rude to her, and she's like, no, that's not how we're going to do that, okay? Like, like she, she does a little neck thing, and you know, she, has, she has a smile on her face, and her tone is up. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm pursuing. It's a process. Come on, somebody. But we got to love one another here, okay? 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. Let me, let me just, before you put that up there, let me just say what, what happened. So Paul's speaking, and he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, we're a spirit-filled church. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in all that stuff. And Paul's talking about how these gifts operate, how the Holy Spirit functions in that. And let me say, a lot of times you go to churches that are filled with Spirit, at least or Spirit-filled churches, and it gets a little weird. Everybody know what I'm talking about? It's a little like, well, that was, I don't know what that was. Was that really God, right? Like, maybe it's just me. I'm sorry. Sorry if, if you're one of those people that are like, well, I'm the one that you're questioning. Like, <laughs> Grace to you. <laughs> Please forgive me, okay? Remember that love thing that we're talking about? Like, just love me. <laughs> love covers a multitude of sins, okay? Any, any, anyway, uh, Paul's talking about these gifts of the Spirit, and he starts talking about the power of the Spirit but he makes this statement that just got me, and I want you to see this in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. He says this, now eagerly, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I'll show you the most excellent way. If I speak, and this, this 1 Corinthians 13, he starts to talk about love. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And he starts talking about having all the faith in the world. You can move mountains, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. And he starts explaining what love is and what love isn't. And he's saying, this is how we operate. This is the most excellent way. If you want to walk and live with the exceptional qualities of God on display in your life, go this route. Love. And he ends that chapter and he says, love never fails. You can't go wrong when you have a heart of love with the world. Someone's believing and saying something that's counter you, maybe even being rude to you. But if we'll just respond with love, I, I guarantee you those other three will just come out. Maybe we'd be a church that exudes and have these exceptional qualities. Amen. Once it is, can we all stand to our feet? We're gonna, I'm going to get you out of here. Sorry I kept you longer than what anybody would like. Anybody get anything out of this here? Yeah. I know I did. I just tell you, when you study, the, Lord, the Lord's been dealing with me all week on this. So have fun this week. <laughs> but here's my prayer for us. Just like we saw that this is something that we work on. We pursue. So I'm going to ask us to just ask the Lord to help us to take on these exceptional qualities. Can we do that right now, God? As we just see in your word, your qualities, your attributes, your goodness, your boldness, your love, your servant heart, your dignity, your sovereignty, your splendor. Lord, we're all at different places in life, maybe been taught different things, maybe experienced different things, but Lord, now that we're out of the world and we're into your kingdom, there's something that you have for us. There's a way that you have for us to live and carry ourselves. God, we see it in your word that if we would do that, yes, we're going to have resistance, but we're also going to have great...